Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind, Body, Spirit, You on Blog Talk Radio. Mind, Body, Spirit, You is a collaboration between five inspirational and unique women who have joined together with the intent to assist you in making your life the very best it can be. You can find us at www.mindbodyspiritu.com. There are many live shows and podcasts offered each month, and all are available in the free archives under the Mind, Body, Spirit, You tab at Blog Talk Radio. Our shows cover a variety of topics, healing, spirituality, health and wellness, metaphysical concepts, and scientific discoveries. Many of our shows allow time for you to call in and ask for assistance on your journey of transformation and discovery. We are all aware of the quickly changing perspectives about our minds, our bodies, our spirits, and our world. And that is exactly what we are here to discuss. So please, join us in the spiral of life, and together we will learn, grow, and transform. Here's the show. Hi everybody, and welcome to Mind, Body, Spirit, You on Blog Talk Radio. And this is Tracy Liebman, your host for today's show. And I am joined by Susie Miller, who is um, a pioneer in the autism spectrum, um, I want to use the word like paradigm, meaning (laughs) a different way of looking at it. And Susie is uh, the founder of the Awesomeism Certification Process, educating parents and professionals around the world regarding the spiritual gifts of the population as well as how to use these gifts to support in their challenges. So I wanted to say hi. Hi, Susie. Let's see here what's happening. Susie, I'm not hearing you. So did you, you're looking good on the studio. Did you press mute on your phone by any chance? Okay, I'm going to switch around on the studio. Hold with us for a minute, people. Let's see. Okay. Hello? Oh, there you are. Good. Hello. (laughs) I was hearing you just fine. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but I did. You were on live, meaning that's what the studio said, but I I switched back and forth, and then you came through. So, you know. Okay, good. Yeah, things happen. (laughs) Things happen. So welcome, Susie. Hi. Thanks for having me, Tracy. It's really nice. I'm looking forward to getting to know you more. And um, I will just mention that I was doing some research in regards to, basically I was Googling energy medicine, energy healing, autism, and one of the things that popped up was the Intentional Healing for Autism program. And then I started to research more and more about Susie. And I asked her if she'd be willing to talk, and she was, so I'm thrilled to have you. But I would like for you to go ahead and, and tell us, the listeners, um, more about, you know, 
your journey to where you are here today and what it is that um, you do and what it is that you teach. Yeah, great. Thank you. Um, you know, my, I, my journey has been um, an interesting one. I'm sure like everybody else's, you know, life kind of takes you on all kinds of twists and turns and things like that. But uh, my professional background was as a pediatric speech-language pathologist. And I have done that since about 1986. And interesting, in 1986, you know, there's really no information about autism because it really didn't exist, you know. And I, I think about that frequently because, I, you know, we're not talking about that many years ago. But regardless, mm-hmm. so I started as a, a speech-language pathologist and, you know, worked in schools and clinics and hospitals and ultimately had a private practice. And basically in 1999, I met a young boy who was four who was diagnosed with autism, but he he really was, he was sent to kind of really transform my life and my world because basically I, I went into that experience not knowing a whole lot about autism, you know, knowing a fair amount about speech pathology, but what was fascinating to me is this child was really destined to open me up to who he really was you know, why he was here, what was important to him, what wasn't important to him. And ultimately, he led me through, um, he led me through a course in his own integration. So the first day I met him, he looked me directly in the eyes and he said, Master. And when he said Master, I, you know, I could feel something change in my body, but I had no reference point for what he was talking about. And I really, in in reference to that particular word, I didn't really know whether he was talking about me or whether he was talking about himself because there was something very masterful about this child. And um, within just a, you know, a short period of time of that, we were in the back room of a... um, of his daycare center, and we were we were going to try to you know work. We were going to try to do something, and I really didn't know what to do with him. So I just sat in the room, sat against the door, and I kind of just decided I would give him some space to kind of get used to me and me used to him. And as I did that, I saw that floating above his body was kind of uh, what I know now is was his light body or his essence, his soul. Um, we could use one of those words. But what was interesting is I didn't know what it was, so I just see light floating above his body. And there was a little tail of light that went from his foot, the light body foot, down through his crown of his head, down through to his heart. And that, but that seemed like that was the only connection between that body of light and his physical body. And so, of course, my natural inclination, you know, you ask, you know, what the heck are you seeing, especially if it's something you've never seen before. And when I asked myself internally, you know, I wonder what that is. What am I, what am I looking at here? What I heard internally or what I now know would be telepathically was that's my light body you're here to help me put my light body back into my physical body. Wow. And so so he basically took me through a year-long course 
after that introduction, which allowed me to help him do just that. Um, so after a year-long period, he was um, able to verbally communicate. He was able to um, be much more present in his physical environment. He lost some of those characteristics that you might consider autistic. And so from that point on, I was really getting inundated with not just him, but other children on my caseload who were had that diagnosis. They were also telepathic. They were also able to tell me from that higher vantage point what would work for them and what wouldn't work for them, why they were here, you know, just so loads of information started coming. And from that, um, I naturally evolved into teaching other people how to develop the same skill set within themselves because I think that, you know, we've got all kinds of different approaches to autism. It's, 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 uh, it's a big topic. It's big business. It's all kinds of things. But what I was noticing is that there were very few people who were actually listening to the children themselves, and rightly so, because a lot of these children are nonverbal. So they, so from their perspective, they couldn't listen to them. So there were two things that were going on simultaneously. One was that I felt like nobody was really listening directly to the children and to the higher states of their consciousness where they really knew what they needed, knew how to support themselves and their families. And the other really major issue was that most people um, only perceive themselves as physical, maybe physical and mental. So just like mm-hmm. the name of your university, you know, we've got the mind and the body, but most people weren't really engaging with the spirit um, in a way that was really functional, that was, that was actually transformative. So the combination of those two things has gone into creating the Optimism certification process where I'm educating people from around the world who kind of have a a propensity towards this kind of population and inclination towards this population. And, again, that's twofold, helping them actually get connected to themselves, body, mind, and spirit, bringing forth their mastery, their connection and coherence in the, you know, body, mind, and spirit, and then also using that skill set. I mean, you can use that skill set for anything, but awesomeism process really uses that skill set specifically to work with some of the newest populations of children um, so that we can understand them, so we can know what they're bringing forth, so that we can support them in ways that really matter to them. Um, And... From that um, came the, or maybe secondary to that, came the Autism Healing Intention Program, which is a collaboration between myself and Dr. William Tiller. Um, uh, Bill Tiller was in the movie What the Bleep. Uh, He's a quantum physicist and has created um, a device that can broadcast coherent intention beyond time and space, around the world, to different locations. And we decided that we would create an intention 
that, again, would come directly from the collective consciousness of the children or it would come directly from that higher consciousness. And interestingly enough, they wanted two intentions. They wanted one intention that would help them integrate into their physical bodies, be here in this time space. And the other intention was to de-stress the parent because, as we know, anybody who's living 24-7 with somebody diagnosed with autism can be in at least some degrees of stress. And it's one thing to it's one thing to have a child integrate into their physical experience, but if the parent is so stressed that they can't see the changes that are taking place or or engage in the changes that are taking place, then you know it's um, it's not always as productive as it could be. So um, I'll stop there. But that that's kind of the that's the general trajectory right now yeah okay well i have lots of questions already so thank you very much for that um great intro which you answered some of the questions (laughs) like how did you end up how did yeah how did you end up in this field in regards to coming from um speech pathology right and meeting this young man sometimes myself (laughs) yeah yeah well obviously he was the reason now I do have a question about the master when he said that what you questioned is he talking about me or you what did you find out about that was he talking about you or him both okay yeah he was was talking (laughs) about both I um I mean ultimately he was he was very masterful in opening me to my own mastery and as as he did that then he um, he gifted me with the opportunity through my own pro- process to begin to help and help to open that mastery within others. And you know, it's one begets the other, right? Um, right. So, so yeah, I think it took it took a little bit of time for me to to step into that, obviously. But again from the perception that I had as a speech-language pathologist, I was one of those individuals that was functioning primarily from the body and the mind. I, I was the, the very, um, uh, yeah, I, it was that. Logical. So it, yeah. It, mm-hmm. yeah, logical and scientific mm-hmm. and education-based. Mm-hmm. And, right. and mm-hmm. so it took some time to begin to really realize that, there was a mastery within me and that that mastery was, you know, was really meant to be available, you know, to me personally and beyond me. Um, So, yeah, it took some time to grow into that, but as it does, I think, for everybody. Right. And I'm going to ask you a couple questions in regards to that process because so many of our listeners are, you know, on on the spectrum of learning about themselves, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Meaning yeah. how intuitive are they? How energetic are they? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then others are, are just broadening their understandings. And when you first saw this light body, right, above this child's head, and I know you asked, which was really astute, like a lot of times 
that's something that I teach, that others teach, that, you know, just you sense something, ask what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> People absolutely. don't even think about absolutely. doing it. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. But um, before that day, had you been studying energy at all? Had you been studying any of these principles of, you know, the right. other realm, so I, to speak? <laughs> yeah, I I had not necessarily studied those kinds of principles. I was I was definitely interested in kind of esoteric kind mm-hmm. of uh, energy or esoteric kind of information. I was I was very interested in the Essenes. Um, I was uh, a part of a Gnostic Orthodox mon- monastery as a lay person. Uh, uh-huh. Prior to that, I was really interested in the the information. I did have friends, thank goodness, when this did start happening. I did have friends who were interested in energy. At one in particular that was going to the Barbara Brennan School, so mm-hmm. she was, I mean, so helpful when I first right. started with all of this because she could explain to me some of the experiences that I was having. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. I, yeah, so, yeah, I was definitely interested in the esoteric aspect of things, but I had not quite equated that with um, with mastery or the unseen realms or multidimensionality or, or those kinds of things. Right, correct. Um, and you mentioned, I'm just curious, because I would think that people that will listen in to the show may be curious about the types of therapies. So you met this this young guy. <laughs> I was going to call him a young yeah. man because that's how he just feels to me. You know what I mean? Even though he's four. Right, yeah. <laughs> this yeah, this young man. And um, uh, you it's and you are open to looking at it from a different perspective because you just seem like you were open. And yeah. but so you obviously didn't have your. Six years of schooling, I'm just guessing, because you have a master's. You know what I mean? Right. To pull from necessarily. You didn't have your speech right. pathology, mm-hmm. your logical interpretation of what was going on, right? That's so right. How, right. Did you, how, how did you go about, did you just um, follow your heart, follow your intuition, follow your guides? I mean, how did you go about coming up with what to do yeah. with him? Yeah, it was... It was kind of a combination of all of those. And quite frankly, I mean, you know, any time that the mind is becoming, um, any time your reality shifts like that, your mind kind of comes a little unraveled too. So so there's mm-hmm. always that, you know, there was that mental process of, you know, am I am I losing it here? You know, is, you know, is something really going on or going wrong? And then the... On, right on top of that, or right maybe underneath it as a support, mm-hmm. was this kind of constant awareness that, you know, different experiences that I was having, they were proving themselves to be true. So the, the scientific part of me, the educational part of me, really liked the proof. So, and to answer your question, I I don't really know why I was as open as I as I was at that moment, um, obviously that was a, an aspect of me that I hadn't yet experienced. But the way the information came through is 
you know, definitely through telepathy. I would hear things in my head. He would suggest different things to do, and I would do them. Um, I would frequently, because I was getting telepathic information and I, I didn't know whether I could trust it or not, I would write questions down and I would ask him, you know, I would ask him yes-no questions. And I'd ask him, you know, this is what I'm thinking we should do. Is this accurate? And I would make a big, you know, yes sign or a big no sign. And, you know, communication-wise through speech pathology, you know, that would have been a, that would have been a viable way of beginning communication with a nonverbal child. So, mm-hmm. you know, once you know that they understand those concepts. So he was able to validate for me yes and no through different telepathic pieces of information that I got. He also would come to me in dreams if I needed more detailed information. He would come in a dream. He would say, like one day he came in a dream and he said that he needed color, um, that he would be able to integrate more information if I would bring him color and I was like, okay, what what are you talking about as far as color? And my children went to, my biological children went to Waldorf schools at the time. And so I had all of these big silk scarves, you know, that were color. Right. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, so I wouldn't necessarily know exactly what to do. I would just know that he needed color. And then when I would get to the quote unquote therapy session, um, because I was still, seeing him as a speech pathologist, I would I would put the silks down and I would just ask him to show me what to do with them. And, and he would cover himself over and he would cover us over. He would make a tent with them. Mm-hmm. But what I, what I would begin to see, um, my sight kept getting, my multidimensional sight kept getting more and more heightened through this process as well. So I continued to see after I saw the light body um, and so basically I, I was seeing that if we were doing something, he was connecting that to color. And so it became uh, obvious over a little a trial and error that if I put a red scarf over he and I and I showed him cards that were, say, pictures of animals, he he could integrate all of that information as a category of red and and uh-huh. he could in those in those moments he could either point to the card or he could tell me what the card was you know he'd begin to have some intermittent verbal communication if the if the red was not there he he did not have that reference point so he couldn't do it so we played little games like that little trial and error um, he also began in that first year, and this is probably where I felt like I was going a little bit more bonkers than before, <laughs> is I, um, he also began to send me different guides, um, which I now know were just aspects of my mastery. They were just They were just higher dimensional aspects of me. So mm-hmm. I had... I had one energy come in that began to teach me a light language, and I had no mm-hmm. idea what the heck to do with that, so I filed that away for a really long time. Um, I had others that came in that taught me how to 
work energetically with my hands, almost like the psychic surgeon or that kind of energy. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. I didn't know what all these pieces had to do with needing this kid diagnosed with autism. It was, it was like I say, it was a, week, a year-long process. Um, but ultimately, I ultimately used every skill that I had been taught in that year to facilitate his integration. Um, and that really came about, you know, ultimately it came about in a single day. Um, so Awesome. Yeah. I, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I Crazy, understand. But awesome. I get yeah. it. Mhm, mhm. I get it. Now let's talk a little bit. Um, I I love how we, meaning us, um, people that speak, <laughs> we speak energy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We speak multidimensional. We speak light body. All that. Yeah. And. We do tend to have, just like any label or language, different ways of explaining things, okay? Right. So this idea of multidimensional, you mention it um, like on your website, I think, as, as being a multidimensional communicator. So to me, mm-hmm. that means telepathy. And then in mm-hmm. speaking with me, you've mentioned it again, um, trying to think how you said it, I can't remember now. But um, let's just talk a little bit about what that means to, to you okay. and yeah. to, to help other people understand that terminology a little bit more. Right, right. Well, um, I believe that, you know, most, most individuals function within a particular band of energy. Their consciousness functions, mm-hmm. you know, let's say between the third dimension and the fifth dimension. Let's just, so, and the numbers aren't really, to me, as important as the concept that most of us have a perceptual reality based on a certain band of energy. It's like we have a certain bandwidth that we can play in. Just like, mm-hmm. just like we can hear certain things, but, if, but a dog can hear much more, right? Well, they have a different mm-hmm. bandwidth. Um, to function in. So when I look at multidimensionality, I'm looking at the bandwidth that an individual kind of um, creates their perceptual reality from. So Mm -hmm. you and I have a particular bandwidth. Children diagnosed with autism have a very different bandwidth. Um, And I also believe that there is there is a representation of, of us, um, of the, the truth of who we are in every bandwidth, you know, between what you would consider your physical experience and what you might consider source, God, all that is. I believe that there's a representation of, all of, of every single individual in all of that. So, mm-hmm. so what I noticed over time is that Different people have different bandwidths, so they have different perceptual realities. And and instead of calling myself simply telepathic, I call myself a multidimensional communicator because um, because my part of my mastery, I believe, is to have access to multiple bandwidths. 
So mm-hmm. telepathy in and of itself can happen within a particular frequency or particularly a particular bandwidth. But what happens if that individual is functioning, functioning telepathically but beyond what I might be able to perceive through my, my particular bandwidth? So the capacity to shift bandwidths, if you will, to get into different uh, dimensional uh, realities, find out what the information is from that reality and bring it back as awareness to this one, um, it seems, I don't know how or why, but seems to be um, a skill set. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, does yeah, that answer and your then, question about dimension? It does. Tell me, um, you know, you feel free to be, well, yes and no kind of thing. I mean, just yeah, yeah. You know, totally open here. But what I'm thinking also is just to connect the different types of language that people use for this. Yeah. To me, what you're saying is it's not just about hearing, like talking, communicating, right. hearing, right? But about you see things, you so it's all of it. Right, right. Right? There, there, Some yeah, people, there's a would it relate to the, to the clairs, like... You know what I'm saying? The clairessians, clair, yes. clairvoyant, clair, right? Yes. That's multidimensional. Yeah. That's okay. right. Okay. And within all of those clairaudient, clairsentient, clair, all the clairs, within mm-hmm. that, there are different ranges of information that mm-hmm. people can have access to. And right. so... Um, and so, and it, and those those different ranges also create different perceptual realities. It's like it's like our reality because we do speak this language and do have access to these clairs, if you will. It, we live we literally live in a different world than somebody who is maybe still perceiving themselves as simply physical. You know, right. the, the six, you know, the five senses is all there is if they don't see it. I mean, if they mm-hmm. see it, they believe it. If, you know, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And it, again, it doesn't, it, it's not, one's not bad and one's good. It's just that they're literally two different realities, you know. Um, yeah. And so you have, you know, you have a population of maybe, what, six, seven billion people on this planet, and yet... They are all living very well in groups. They're living very unique realities. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna. Um, I think I want to ask one more kind of general question, and then we'll switch over more um, towards your programs in regards to helping parents, etc. Because that's so important. But yeah, this. To something that you said, and I just jotted down, uh, newest population of children. I guess you said something mm-hmm. about working with the newest population of children, something like that. And I wanted a little more, um, you know, a bit explanation, expanded conversation about what you meant by that, this newest population of children. Right. So by the newest population of children, in that specific instance, I was talking about um, 
the population known as autistic or children diagnosed with autism. <clears throat> and the reason I call them the newest population of children is because throughout history we do go through, again, different, different levels and types of consciousness. New levels and types of consciousness get introduced to humanity all the time. And so just as an example, you know, before autism was kind of the diagnosis of the decade, we had children diagnosed with ADD and ADHD, right? We had mm-hmm, autism. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had attention deficit disorder um, before that. And when I started really communicating with the kids, you know, I was asking, you know, of course, you know, with the number of children diagnosed with autism right now, it's like being at somewhere 1 in 50, something like that. I mean, it's a natural curiosity. Why are there so many of you here? You know, what the heck's going on? Right. And, and they, were, they were explaining themselves as this newest population of not just children, but of consciousness. So right. you've got a population of children who are, are coming after the population that's ADD, ADHD, that population kind of helps to loosen us up, if you will, our consciousness up, help get us ready for another population of children, and there there will be more to come. But for this particular population, what's really interesting is this is a population of children that, that from my vantage point, and I know this will be a little controversial, but they have not, they haven't been here before. Their souls have not incarnated into the density of, you know, physical bodies before. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they haven't Mm -hmm. incarnated on earth before, but not at this level of density. Mm -hmm. And so, so when I asked them about that, they said, you know, we, we can be here kind of right now. We can be here and bring a new level of consciousness, which is energy to humanity at this time, but we can't be here so fully that we are completely integrated into humanity. And and so it's kind of like, um, so I call them, you know, this newest population of children. I could also say this newest level of consciousness that's available right. to humanity. It's kind of the... Um, yeah, it's the human part and the divinity part showing up together. Right, right. I hope that makes sense. Now, yeah, makes total sense to me. Now, I don't know about, <laughs> I don't know about everyone, but I get yeah. it. Um, cool. I, I do. <laughs> and I'm um, sitting here thinking, my little brain's going about, you know, um, a my opinion is I believe it's a little overdiagnosed, but yes, it is. So there's all that big spectrum, and mm-hmm. where my mind goes with what you're just saying is, I imagine the the children that are having a hard time being here, right? Meaning looking, mm-hmm. talking, yeah. right? Being physical. Yeah. yeah, that's the population that I'm thinking of, not the other yeah. tons of the spectrum there that goes a little bit more from anything that could be really just sensory integration. Um, I mean, you know, they just put the label on so much these days, 
What do you think about right. that? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no, that's great. The, and the, and you just kind of hit it when you said integration because what I, I've, I've communicated both verbally and telepathically with, you know, really thousands of kids now um, and at all different places on the spectrum, right? And what I've noticed across the board is there is a similar energetic pattern that runs through most individuals who I would consider truly on the spectrum. Because to me, truly on the spectrum is, is a vibrational um, issue, not so much a, a cognitive issue and all the other things that they, you know. So, so you're right. There are definitely a lot of children who are misdiagnosed or, and autism is, you know, like I say, it's become the diagnosis of the decade. So, you know, if your kid's having, you know, some behavioral problems, you know, they, they can also, you know, get that diagnosis, and that right. might be a misdiagnosis from an energetic perspective. But right. what I've noticed across the board with those who have that, that frequency band, if you will, let's, you know, let's go back to multidimensionality, who have that level of awareness or energy kind of built into who they really are, when I look at those kids, it's a matter of how integrated they are capable of being as to whether they function, you know, whether you would consider them severely autistic, you know, not paying attention to this physical world at all, you know, being right. more interested in other realities, other domains than this one, or whether they are, you know, in the body, able to function to some degree or another, but have kind of some quirkiness to them. You know, right. it, it really ha it's really a matter of integration as far as I can tell. And the integration yeah. part is really a matter of the individual's soul's journey, you know, what, they're, um, what role they're playing in the much bigger picture. Got it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to tie in um, just for a moment what you said in regards to, uh, even though my interest, you know, I, I got piqued by that that um, intentional healing program for autism that you worked with Dr. It's Tiller. Is that correct? How you yep, say it? Dr. Dr. Tiller. Yep. Yep. Um, but then, you know, I just was all over everything, enjoying <laughs> learning about what you do. Um, but so I'm just going to hit back on those two intentions that you guys um, identified from, I guess, mm -hmm. meditating and tuning in, multidimensional with the autistic children of the world. Yes? Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. One, to bring the kids into their physical. That's Those are my words, mm -hmm. but right? That's the general. Yeah. yeah. And then two was to help their parents of the children. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my little, A, I couldn't agree more, okay? I've mm -hmm. been coaching parents since 2006 with my, oh, cool. um, yeah, my original practice is transforming family and uh -huh. mostly just moving the, the paradigm from 
our old traditional ways of looking at kids and punishment, reward, blah, 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 right? Into the more looking at them as human beings, people, you know, not less than, Mm -hmm. equal, and raising them as such. Um, It's how it all started. But I've always been all about, you know, people, of course, had, this is happening, that's happening, this is happening, that's happening. But what's going on with you, Mom? What's going on with you, Dad, right? So I've always been focused on, like, helping the parents move through their own stuff. And that has helped Mm -hmm. me the most with my own children and um, and my my relationship with my husband, you know, lasting for as long as it's lasted. So this idea of the importance of helping parents. So obviously Mm -hmm. we've heard how you got into helping the kids. That's what you were doing. That was your job, working with children. How did it it move into the very important aspect of helping their parents? And you can tell us, you know, about those programs and and how you do that. I know you have some, some things that, I don't know, is it is it actually online, like a course online? Um, or are they all in person? So just tell us about, you know, start with okay. how you yeah. move yeah. into the realm of helping parents and then what you have that uh, if parents are yeah. interested. Yeah. I Actually, I moved very quickly into the realm of parents versus working directly with the kids. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason for that is the kids kept saying, you know, they, from their vantage point, from that higher perspective, they kind of knew what they were doing here. They kind of, they kind of were um, aware of what was needed from that because they do have that perception. So right. the real issue then became, you know, how are we going to help a parent to really understand this. How are we going to under, help a parent understand that their child has a very different perceptual reality than they do? And mm-hmm. what kinds of things can we begin to educate them towards so that, so that they begin to kind of bridge the gap between where they are in their conscious perceptual reality and where the children are? And mm-hmm. so that's, so everything from that moment, um, which was, really the beginning of the certification process was about educating adults. And for me, it's been about educating parents, professionals, people who are kind of energetically connected but not necessarily connected in other ways. So there was multiple levels and layers of, of educating adults about who the children really are, why they're here, what they've come to share, um, and how can that parent make that connection. And one of the things that, you know, you talk to any parent of a child diagnosed with autism, and stress is, it's enormous. I mean, absolutely, I, I give these individuals a lot of credit because it is not easy to, one, to live with that much change in your life. You know, most humans don't like that much change. And if you give birth to a child that is coming to help alter your awareness, not just your, you know, not just your life, but your your consciousness, your awareness, you are on a pretty fast track for changing um, 
you know, really, yeah, very quickly. And so, so helping parents to de-stress, helping parents to understand things like some of those things that they think are going on for them um, with their children. You know, parents all the time will say, well, I think I hear, I think I know what my child wants. I think I hear what they say. I think I, um, you know, they're in mainstream settings. They're not very willing to say that because just like me, you know, being a speech pathologist and moving into this, you know, somebody's going to think you're crazy, you know, if you start talking about this stuff in more mainstream settings. And most of these kids are being diagnosed by mainstream professionals and are put mm-hmm. into mainstream kinds of therapies. And it, mm-hmm. those are, that's all great. But something else is happening simultaneously that is beyond the mind and the, and the body. Um, mm-hmm. And so really helping parents to understand what's happening here, what's really going on inside of you, what's changing for you, how can you use those changes to make even better connections, deeper connections with your child. Um, and one of the first ways to do that is give them really good, solid, practical information about the spirit aspect of things, not from a woo-woo perspective, but just, you know, are you noticing this? Are you noticing that? They very quickly, oh, my gosh, you're explaining something to me that, I couldn't explain to myself or nobody has been able to explain. And, right. okay, can you see how this goes to this? And so then you begin to create a bit of cohesiveness or coherence between the mind, body, and the spirit. So when we went into so the certification process is all about that. It does not negate the mind or the body. It just includes the spirit, mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. we can really begin to put these three things together in a way that's um, much more functional for parent and child, because ultimately the child is trying to kind of descend or integrate into this physical experience, and the parent is trying to ascend into higher states of their own experience. And so mm-hmm. there's... So there's this back and forth going on. Um, Sometimes something as simple as, um, like one of the things that the kids said early on, and this was across the board for all parents, was was to teach them to be authentic with their feelings. So, you know, and the reason to teach a parent to be authentic with their feelings is because the feeling realm, the the emotional body realm, is very subtle in the human condition, but it's also very available to these children diagnosed with autism. Even though they can't fully be here, they can connect to the emotional realm. And Mm -hmm. so it makes sense that if you have a parent who, you know, most parents have been trained, I mean, I'm, 53, you, you know, my generation is trained. You kind of buck up and you, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're supposed to know how to lead your children and you're supposed to, you know, and I had to unlearn all of that because because what they kept saying is if the parent will be authentic with their emotional body, 
and verbalize what is authentic for them, then the child actually feels much safer. So Mm -hmm. for a parent to put on a big smiley face and say everything's fine when internally they're falling apart because they're so stressed and they don't know what to do and there's so much change occurring in their lives, that that energy gets projected out as stress. And so the child actually picks up on the stress and starts acting out the stress. Whereas if the parent will say, you know, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I, I'm mm-hmm. scared to death. I, you know, mm-hmm. I want to be the best parent to you I can possibly be, which most parents on this planet want. I just don't know how to do it. That mm-hmm. level of authenticity usually will invite the child much closer to this reality. And so mm-hmm. the parent ultimately gets what they're looking for. They ultimately get that connection. I've seen it happen so often um, that we talk about it definitely in the certification process and in all the courses that are taught by myself for the practitioners. So that so that's a little bit of background there. When we went into the Autism Healing Intention Program, when Dr. Tiller and I started that, um, we, yes, we, you know, the collective consciousness of the children was very interested in bringing the level of consciousness that they had here. They were, they were really interested in getting a little bit more connected to the physical experience so that the information that they are bringing would be available mm-hmm. um, and consciously available or energetically available, but available. So, and then, and then the other intention, like it said, was to really de-stress the parents to help them kind of uh, let go of some of the stress that they've been holding on to so that they could, so that their consciousness could evolve a little bit and so the children could descend a little bit. It was a matter of, kind of having a level of coherence between parent and child so they could really meet in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so that's what this intention broadcast is about. And interestingly enough, we started it back in December of 2012 with about 39 participants who were all over the world. And we now have a year's worth of statistical data um, on the results of that broadcast. From an anecdotal standpoint, within the first, well, actually there were some people that within the first, mm, the first few days, um, we had one child in Australia that went from being nonverbal to having 20 new words. We mm-hmm. had one child within the first year who went from functioning not being nonverbal and having no communication, functioning at a kindergarten level, to within the first year, um, functioning at his fifth grade level, which was his grade level, and also communicating via um, typing, you know, so mm-hmm. nonverbal, but able to communicate and tell people 
all the things that he knew that people didn't think he knew simply because he wasn't communicating. So the statistical data was really um, pretty interesting for that. Um, and I really appreciated it. It kind of took me back to my science, you know, my desire for, yeah. for mm-hmm. that kind yeah. of proof, if you will, right. that this higher dimensional information or this unseen information, telepathy, was actually um, making a difference um, in some very real ways, you know, that they actually were integrating. Um, and we used, we used two different measurements to monitor this, we had um, something called the ATEC, which the parents fill out on a monthly basis for the children. And the ATEC is the Autism Treatment Evaluation Checklist. It looks at behavior, communication, sociability, um, what's the other one? Oh, uh, physicality, like physical health and well-being. Um, and then we had the other uh, instrument that we used was called the Zung, which is a self-depression, self-anxiety kind of checklist. And so the parents were monitoring their stress levels on a monthly basis while the, children, while the parents were also monitoring the children's development in certain what we would consider very physically-based skill sets, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what was amazing is what we've noticed is, number one, there is a direct correlation between growth of the child and growth of the parent. We also noticed within the first year, and we actually just made this change, we also noticed that the children, because this intention was coming, well, this is my theory, because the intention was coming from higher states of their consciousness, because this was, um, this was important to them from a soul level, if you will, mm-hmm. the children were progressing twice as fast as the parents could handle the change. Mm-hmm. So, so we, just, we just slowed things down a little bit so that the children mm-hmm. and the parents are going to be progressing um, at a more coherent kind of clip you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming that that's going to bring all kinds of um, beneficial changes. But the changes that we saw in the first year, um, when we actually did the statistical, got the statistical data from it, you know, we were looking at p-values and things like that, which I won't go into only because for me my head starts fogging over. But I think the important part of it is is that there was less than one in 10,000 chance that these children were making these changes just because, right? So when we looked at the p-values, it was a less than one in 10,000 chance that these children would be making these changes just because. In most, in most studies related to autism, if you get a less than one in 1,000 chance, that's pretty good. So less than one in ten thousand chance. We were. I personally was. Um, I was amazed. Um, I, yeah. I was really blown away by that kind of result because, you know, as much as it's one thing to hear telepathic information from children diagnosed with autism, provided uh-huh. to their parents, 
educate them based on that information and see, get back the anecdotal information and change um, about the change that's occurred. For me, anyway, it was another thing to see statistical data that kind of showed, you know, really the same thing. Um, And so, and I was really pleased, too, because there are many people in this world, like I say, that are still functioning from the physical and mental realm primarily. And so this kind of data, I I think this kind of data really helps all. It it helps Mm -hmm. them and it, it helps all of us really begin to see that we are, we are mind, body, and spirit, and that the spirit element of us is really here to help us facilitate the mind and the body, you know, um, mm-hmm. there, that there actually can be an interaction among all of those levels. And consciousness, you know, our own self-awareness can really evolve because of that. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, so there was one thing I wanted to to say um, in regards to all of that that you just shared. When you were describing helping the parents um, through your programs um, Mm -hmm. and the importance of them being authentic with their own Mm -hmm. feelings and knowing themselves and understanding themselves and doing their own personal work, and I was like, yeah... I mean, that's, it's just it's fascinating because that's basically been my whole, you know, teaching premise for the last however many years, seven years. And it's, it's interesting how it affects along every, I mean, every relationship. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's great that we're, you know, noticing it and putting it out there in regards to the autism spectrum, but... I just have to give a shout out for anyone who is listening <laughs> that it's true yeah. for everything. Your husband, it, your it best friend, is. your we all can feel when people aren't being in alignment with who they are and it just causes problems, That's right. you know. That's right. Yeah. Just a little shout out and to the, the general public. <laughs> but well, um yeah, and that that level of authenticity too, if we um you know, we've been conditioned to, we've been conditioned to be fake. I mean, I think for most people, when they finally do drop all the masks and they do start, or even some of them, um, it really does, there's a, talk about a release of stress. You know, it's, it's really stressful to maintain the inauthenticity, but we've been so conditioned to be that, you know, we have to be something particular in the world. We have to look a certain way or, you know, yep. it just, yeah. So, yeah, I agree just with you. Just be you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> um, so we're up at the top of the hour, but I want to make sure that uh, people know your website, which I can give, and then you can tell them about what you have, like, next up to offer. Okay. So if sure. you want to find Susie online, it's her name, Susie, S-U-Z-Y, and then Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R.com. And I know you have some things coming up, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll give you one other website, too, which is for the autism healing intention program that we just spoke about. Um, that website is naturaltreatmentforautism.com. 
the natural treatment for autism.com. We'll have another one of those that will begin not until January of 2015. But coming up right next um, is a course that I created called Conscious Parents Challenging Children. Um, and it's basically um, seven key principles that I've learned throughout you know, my work with families. And um, the certified practitioners, the level two and three certified practitioners that I have will begin to offer that on September Second, um, there's probably at least eight or nine different practitioners in different places in the world who will be offering that seven-week course. So um, that's Conscious Parent Challenging Children, and you can find that at SusieMiller.com as well. Um, and I think the only other thing I have, um, there is another level one certification process that is coming up. It will start on September 15th, and excuse me, and that happens to be the last certification process that I will teach in its entirety. The level three certified practitioners are going to begin to offer that while I go on and facilitate level two and three, and um, kind of move into some more information about about the consciousness that is being brought forth now um, and start, you know, talking about what I've learned from all the kids. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love saying that word with you. It's got a whole new meaning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you again. And everybody, you can find Susie online at susiemiller.com. Um, and she's really awesome about answering emails. I was quite impressed. Because I just threw out an email to you and you got right back to me. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you need to get in touch with her, find her online. And um, again, I honor the work that you do. I mean, it's so important. And I am grateful for you taking your time to do everything that you've done in the last um, whatever. I don't even know now. It's more than 10 years, 15 years, I guess, since 1999 yeah. in this realm. And um and working, you know, moving forward. So I just want you to feel my deep appreciation. Thank you. Well, thank you. And for yours, too. All the words are getting out, so that's great. Yeah. All right. Well, take care. Have a good day, everyone. Thanks. Bye, Susie. Thanks for having me. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. <laughs>